At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast. Here's your host, Danny Burke. It's time to start up another edition of VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and we're ready to preview Thursday night football. We've got the Seahawks taking on the 49ers. The Brock Purdy experience in full effect. Well, if he's able to go, that is. We know he is questionable heading into this game, but we'll get an update on that and some thoughts on this game with our guy Matt Humans, who is here alongside me for every Thursday night preview. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Humans. 247. So, Matt, uh, we look at this game, and, you know, in terms of where it's opened, uh, it, it kind of altered at several books. You know, you look at the Superbook out there in Las Vegas, they had San Francisco opening as low as a point and a half favorite. And then you look at some other outlets like Circa, for example, and they opened San Fran as a three point favorite. So, again, it, it, it's kind of been all over the place based on where you've seen this thing open. But now we saw it tick up to three in the hook, and now it's kind of seen some buybacks. So you can get some threes out there. You're laying a little bit more juice. Total open 41 in the hook, now up to 43 and a half. Uh, your initial thoughts for this matchup, my friend. I like the Seahawks a little bit in this matchup. Actually, I thought three and a half was the number you had to get if you're going to play it. But, um, <clears throat> you know, Brock Purdy's banged up. Debo Samuel's out. Uh, the 49ers got a little bit of uh, wiggle room here because nobody aside from Seattle is going to put heat on the uh, San Francisco 49ers in that division. And let's be realistic, the Seahawks are not going to do it either. They're just trying to squeak their way into the playoffs. Uh, they are on an 0-4 ATS slide right now. So it's um, 
a team that's crashing back to reality. Geno Smith, still a great story. And uh, the Seahawks, <clears throat> I think, are uh, one of the best stories of the season. And they got a bright future because after they dumped off Russell Wilson in that deal with Denver, uh, I think they're set up pretty well as long as they utilize their draft picks wisely. They're in a good shape with the salary cap. So you got to like where this uh, Seattle franchise is. As far as this uh, team right now, certainly they've cooled off. They were not as good as uh, they looked in the first half of the season. And uh, I think that's caused the betting public to uh, really cool off in the Seahawks as well. I mean, last week, uh, they were the most popular pick in the Circus Survivor Contest. I think 15 of the 59 entries, is that right, were on uh, the Seahawks? Or was yeah, that, that sounds about right. I believe that was at 15 of the 59 on the Seahawks. And um, there were several entries on the Cowboys, too. And those people got extremely lucky with the Cowboys. But I think the um, Seahawks lost last week to the Panthers. Probably um, it was going to mean not many betters want to back them in this spot against the 49ers on Thursday night because we just saw the Niners uh, embarrass Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Let's say, I mean, that, Danny, that score was 35 to 7. That felt like a 59 to nothing game. That was so bad. And uh, I, I've, situations like that uh, really affect the perception of the betting public. And uh, off the Seahawks loss, nobody's going to want to play them. So the way I look at it is this is probably a good time to play the Seahawks. And uh, I did make a small play on the Seahawks plus three and a half. Not much, but just something on the, on the Thursday night game. Because also, with uh, so much hype leading into last week's Tampa Bay game, I think that's what it was all building up to for Brock Purdy and the 49ers. This week's kind of a flat spot against a team that needs to win to get into the playoffs. So I, I think this spot sets up well for Seattle. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, especially with when the number was over the key number three and you could catch the hook over three with Seattle. The thing that kind of turns me away from backing Seattle is that over the course of these last five games, I wonder if this is the true nature of this team, at least on the defensive side of the ball and kind of more so what we pictured them being before the season even started. So if you look over uh, their defensive performance, the last five games, they've surrendered 27 points per game. And it's not like it's been against dominant offenses, right? I mean, it's been the Cardinals, the Bucks, the Raiders have an okay offense for the most part, but the Rams and the Panthers are the other team. So four out of five of those offenses typically aren't scoring that much. But when you've gone against Seattle, they've been able to expose them and at least be fairly competitive in those spots. And over the last three games, then Seattle's allowing 5.8 yards per play, 5.7 yards per rush attempt, which is dead last in the NFL. So uh, while Debo Samuel being out is huge, I wonder if Christian McCaffrey can do enough to at least get them to dub both in the short passing game and on the ground effort, which they've done so successfully this season. But yeah, Brock Purdy with his oblique, they said he hasn't thrown a ball since Sunday. So that's a tad bit concerning naturally on a short week and when you lose a guy like Debo Samuel. But we know that San Francisco's defense has kept them in several games. I mean, they're second overall, according to DVOA, fifth against the pass, second against the run. They're only allowing 4.8 yards per play, which is first, and 3.4 yards per carry, which is also first. And over the last three games, red zone-wise, opponents only scoring a touchdown in the red zone 20% of the time. Now, look, I know I'm saying a lot of bad things against the Seahawks, but I don't think I'm going to get there in terms of a full game perspective, Matt. 
And the only thing that I really did have a strong lean on, but I haven't played because, again, I, I'm a little uncertain with Brock Purdy's status. I, I think he'll play, but even if he plays, I mean, you know, at, at what percentage he's going to be. I would look at San Francisco in the first half. Remember, these teams did play the first time around earlier this season, 27-7. Geno had one of his worst games. San Francisco led 20 to nothing at the half. Granted, again, that was Jimmy Garoppolo a while ago. Uh, both of these teams have done very well in the first half, both 9-4 and four straight up. But Seattle's had a little bit more of a benefit to their schedule. According to DVOA, San Francisco, fifth best first half offense compared to them being 19th in the second half defensively for Seattle they're 24th in the first half and then 20th in the second half and then Seattle offensively in the first half they rank 15th San Francisco is second in first half defense so if I kind of knew more so that Brock Purdy wasn't dealing with that oblique I think I would look at getting on San Francisco on the first half you could get minus one and a half or the cheapest money line price I saw was about minus 159 but look, Matt, to your point, at the end of the day, I mean, Geno Smith has still been doing fairly well. It's just he's kind of been turnover prone, I feel like, in terrible situations. That kind of screwed him twice his past game against Carolina. But he's still got a lot of weapons. He's still getting a good amount of time to throw the ball. It's just can he do enough to overcome the San Francisco defense? So that's what ultimately scares me in this game and why I don't know if I'm going to get involved uh, in any capacity here. Sorry, I had to mute that. Something on ESPN.com popped up and started making a bunch of noise. I heard all your uh, your numbers on that. So right now, Circuit and DraftKings still have three and a half. You got to pay a little bit more uh, juice if you want to take the uh, Seahawks side plus three and a half. But I still lean that way. Yeah, Geno Smith's come back to earth. We knew he wasn't that good. He's going to turn the ball over eventually, and that's what he's been doing. And the Seahawks defense, I never thought it was that good. I thought those numbers relying you know at one yeah, point yeah. the season when uh, everybody's bragging about the job Pete Carroll's doing with that Seahawks defense uh it's just kind of regression to the meme for the Seahawks they they were uh never as good as they looked at that point but they're not bad and I think the spot is a lot better for them and that's why I like it here because it's funny how Two weeks ago, everybody thought the, the 49ers were shot. Oh, no, they got to go to Brock Purdy. Who else can they find? Can they get Drew Brees to come out of retirement? Phillip Rivers, <laughs> uh, what can they do? And now all of a sudden, Brock Purdy's got an injury. Well, I don't want to bet the 49ers because Brock, Brock Purdy's not 100%. You know, if he was 100%, I would love the 49ers. It's funny how quickly uh, things change like that. I, I'm going to look under 43 and a half. Uh, let's go uh, for this play. A half unit on Seahawks plus three and a half and a half unit on under 43 and a half. Because with Brock Purdy banged up, Debo Samuel out, I think Kyle Shanahan's game plan is going to be rather conservative here. They're going to run the ball quite a bit. And also with Geno Smith's turnover issues, I think the Seahawks are going to be taking the same approach offensively. And uh, I agree with uh, a lot of the numbers you threw out there. I think this San Francisco defense is the number one defense in the league. When it's uh, healthy, uh, I don't see a defense out there that's better. Uh, so I don't expect Seattle to get a lot done offensively here. So I'm going to look Seahawks in the under uh, for a half unit each. I kind of like your play with the under. That's what I was going to ask you next. I mean, it, it's spiked up to the over 43 in the hook. And I wonder, I don't know if we'll get to 44, but if we do, I think I may be tempted to play the under as well. Because again, like you said, San Francisco, arguably the best defense in the league. Seattle has been stagnant offensively in a lot of situations. 
And the red zone success hasn't been top-notch, whereas San Francisco, over the last three games, as I alluded to, has been a lot better in the red zone. And if it is going to be a conservative game plan with San Francisco, like they do tend to do a, a lot of the time, it's going to eat up a significant amount of that clock. So I'm kind of with you. I'm going to wait to see if it gets a little higher, but I like that approach there in terms of the total, Matt. But I will have some plays probably with some props, so folks, be sure to check out Prop Watch, also available on our VEASAN Pro Football Betting Podcast feed. Uh, Matt, final thoughts, though, for this game before we look ahead to Sunday? Yeah, I was just going to say, a week ago when we did this podcast, we talked about the uh, the Raiders-Rams total. Why was it getting bet up? We couldn't figure out right. why it was bet up. Yeah. And uh, we said play the under, and that was a dead under. It was lucky to get to 33 points. 17-16. So sometimes when you see these moves up on a total, I think it can be an accumulation of uh, uh, parlays maybe on from the public on the, the favorite and the over and things like that. There was no reason for that Raiders-Rams total to be moving up a week ago. I don't really know what the reason is for this total to be inching up from 41.5 to 43.5, but don't let that scare you off. Uh, if you like the under, just go ahead and play it. Like you said, and you can be patient, too, because you don't have to run to the window now or jump on the app and bet it right away. You might see a 44 pop up tomorrow. Yeah, great advice. You're right. And it was funny. We, we did say that, and we're like, what are we missing here? You know, we kind of like the <laughs> under. And then it did start getting bet the other way right before kickoff. So that's why you got to sometimes pick your spots right or have some patience because there's going to be some fluctuation all over the place in these standalone primetime games. But you're right. Just because it moves one way doesn't mean it's a uh, foregone conclusion that that's the right side. So right now, 43 and a half is the total. Three with some juice or three in the hooks are what you got available in terms of the spread. Matt doing a half unit taking three in the hook with Seattle and under 43 in the hook. And like I said, I, I leaned first half, lean toward the under. Don't know if I'm going to get there. If I do, it'll be posted at vsin.com. But I will have some action with the props, which is available in Prop Watch. All right, Matt, uh, looking ahead to, well, I guess we got some Saturday games now, finally. So we got three Saturday games. The rest are on Sunday. And then, of course, Monday Night Football. I'll let you take over here, pal. Uh, what do you got for the games that are making the top of your list as we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon? Yeah, thankfully, we do have Saturday uh, football because last Saturday was painful, Danny. It was painful oh, when uh, all we had was Army, Navy, and no other football games. Come on, we got to do a better, better job with the football schedule. I actually had to pay attention to my girlfriend. I had to pay attention to family on a Saturday, and that's not what you want to do. It's all about football, right? <laughs> you say, you know, we got the Army-Navy game. You know, it's going to take up a lot of time. They do a lot of theatrics, you know. <laughs> that's not enough. We need a lot more football on Saturdays. I, I really think the NFL True. is going to move that Saturday schedule up a week. Anyway, uh, what I'm looking at is uh, the Bills on uh, Saturday night. It's going to be a cold night in Buffalo. We just watched Tua on the West Coast, and uh, he did, he looked terrible. Let's not uh, sugarcoat it. Tua was terrible. He's, Sunday night started out three for 17 for 25 yards. Uh, he doesn't have much zip on his passes. I've been laughing about this for a long time, that the people who think Tua is a better quarterback than Justin Herbert shows you how many airheads there are in the media because if you, Ridiculous. If you, actually, if you watch these two quarterbacks, and, and – you know, you're going to hear, well, Justin Herbert's lost 23 games as a starting quarterback. 
it doesn't matter. The Chargers are an underachieving team. He can't do everything to put them in the win column every week. If you watch the two quarterbacks, it's not even close who the better guy is. And uh, that was true Sunday night. But, again, Tua is struggling right now. If he goes to Buffalo and looks like Dan Marino, I guess we're all going to have to uh, take some of this criticism back. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, so in the snow and the cold, a guy who didn't have any zip on his passes in perfect conditions last week, what's he going to look like this week? So uh, Westgate still has seven minus 120 on the Bills. So does DraftKings. And um, I lean that way. I also played the Bills on a teaser. I knocked the Bills down to minus one. Uh, I teased it with the Packers minus one on Monday night. And I'll talk about that game a little bit more in a minute. But of the Saturday games, I like the Bills. Danny, I'm going to have to pass on the Colts. I know that uh, that's probably, I suspect that's going to end up being a sharp side. And we've seen a little bit of sharp money on the Colts so far. I just can't do it again. Not with that team. And um, not after getting outscored 33-0 in the fourth quarter at Dallas. Uh, I, I'm at the point in the season where I can write off some teams now. I know I said too soon I wouldn't take the Raiders again. And then I jumped back on the Raiders train, but they paid me off against the Chargers two weeks ago. But the Colts, I'm done with the Colts. That's it. Not going to happen again. Uh, I did quit on the Ari- I quit on the Arizona Cardinals and the Colts. Uh, and I quit on the Cardinals about six weeks ago. But anyway, also here looking at the Bears. And there's only one book out there, nine and a half right now. Uh, but I'm going to wait to see if that gets to 10. It might get to 10 because, hey, look, the Eagles last week were uh, – in a spot where a lot of sharps are betting against them. There was a lot of sharp money that showed up on the Giants on Sunday. And uh, what did the Eagles do? They, they pounded the Giants 48-22. to 22. And I think the public is going to pile on the Philadelphia side again this week. The Bears have lost six in a row. I don't have to remind you, Danny. Uh, they've lost six in a row, but they're off a bye. And before the bye, I thought Justin Fields was playing really well. He had that uh, 55-yard TD run against the Packers. He threw for 254 yards. You got Equinemia St. Brown, and Keel Harry, uh, Cole Komet, guys who were kind of stepping up a little bit as receiving targets. I think the Bears can move the football in this Eagles defense. Justin Fields has uh, really impressed me the way he's been playing. Yeah, he's going to turn it over and make a couple of mistakes here and there, but he's making a lot of plays too. But the key to this one, it's kind of like a Michigan-Ohio State handicap. The week before those two teams play, you want to fade them because they're in a look-ahead spot. The Eagles and the Cowboys play in Dallas on Christmas Eve. You can't tell me those two teams are not looking ahead to that game because that's the monster game in the NFC East. Yeah. The Eagles are also playing their second of three consecutive road games, and this is a sandwich game in, in between division uh, games. So this is a great spot, actually, for the Bears off a of bye. And I'll take the nine, nine and a half if I have to, but uh, waiting to see if that goes to 10. I know it's not easy to take the Bears, but sometimes you got to uh, make plays like that in the NFL. I'm also going to play the Jaguars. I talked about the uh, Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott, since he returned from injury, has thrown eight interceptions. That's, t- that's tied, I think, or is the most in the NFL in that span. He has not been very sharp. And the Cowboys... We're flat against the Texans last week. They got the Eagles on deck. Going on the road to face the Jaguars team that don't look now is pretty hot, Danny. And uh, Trevor Lawrence last week passed for 368 yards and three touchdowns. Jags have won two of their last three. 
Since the beginning of November, Trevor Lawrence leads the NFL in completion percentage, 71.8, and he has uh, 181 consecutive pass attempts without a pick. He's playing a lot better than Dak Prescott is right now. I took the Jags as uh, five-point home dogs. I think this number looks like it's down to four or four and a half at all spots right now, but that was the first play I actually made this week was the Jaguars. And again, we're going to fade Philly and Dallas uh, with those teams set to face off on uh, Christmas Eve in a look-ahead spot this week. And I also, believe it or not, I like the Raiders a little bit again this week. Now, Monday night, I was on the uh, Patriots against the Cardinals and got the win, but it was ugly. And any anyone who watched that game has to realize how fortunate the Patriots were to win that game by 14 points. They got a fumble return. DeAndre Hopkins fumbled the ball. Patriots get a fumble return for a touchdown that completely flipped the game. The offensive play calling and the offensive schemes that Matt Patricia has in place for Mac Jones are horrific. Matt Patricia is the worst coordinator in the NFL, and it's not even close. Not even close. Danny, if you were watching the game, how the hell do you run the ball up the middle with 11 seconds to go from the 35-yard line, 11 seconds to go in the first half? Are you watching that? Yeah, I, I was the whole time. I'm just looking. I'm like, and we already knew it. Like you said, I mean, Matt Patricia is so bad. But it's just like how, like, the play calling is so bad. In, in every now and then you get one that'll move the ball. And it's like, why don't you have more of that? It's clear that, you know, yes, Mac Jones can be frustrating himself, but he's getting prohibited from that untapped potential yeah. because of who his offensive coordinator is. It, it drives you nuts because they should be a lot better on that side of the ball. Should be a lot better, but uh, Bill Belichick's ego got in the way. He's got to hire a real offensive coordinator or they're going to stop Mac Jones' growth big time. Any, anybody who's criticizing Mac Jones right now, again, is an airhead who doesn't understand football, and the Keyshawn Johnson's in that club. Uh, anybody who's probably played football with Keyshawn Johnson over the years would say that he doesn't know much about the game, even though he thinks he knows everything. Uh, I saw he was criticizing Mac Jones. And then you had a guy like Dan Orlovsky come out and say, hey, Matt Jones is really playing well. He's overcoming his offensive coordinator. And then he gives you video proof of it. And I agree with what Orlovsky says. I, Matt Jones is being held back by this OC, who's really a defensive coach anyway, but it's a joke. Here's the, here's the thing. The Raiders are in a decent spot here. They've had more rest since that Thursday night debacle against the Rams. Uh, they got to be ticked off about that. Derek Carr is fighting for his job right now. I, I don't think he's going to be back with the Raiders next season, but he's got to do something here down the stretch. He stunk against the Rams a week ago Thursday. Poor decisions, poor throws. Uh, I don't think Derek Carr can play much worse than he did in that game. And he's not the only one to blame because the defense was a debacle as well. But uh, I think the Raiders – off that loss or in a decent spot against a Patriots team that's got a quick turnaround staying out here on the West Coast. And by the way, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro both have a chance, I think a pretty good chance to return this week. You got the number one playmaker on the field in Devontae Adams. If you put Waller and Renfro back out there, I just think the Raiders got too much for a Patriots team that's not making any big plays right now. It's all screen passes and short throws. And uh, don't be fooled by the 14-point win at Arizona. The Patriots did not play that well. I'll take it, but they did not play that well. So I'm actually looking at the Raiders here, plus one. And uh, again, like I said, I like the Packers 
on Monday night, but I don't love laying seven points with the Packers. This is one of the games I wrote up for the VSIM Pro Guide this week. I think the better way to play it is just put the Bills Packers on a uh, teaser. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm considering there if I'm going to do a teaser. I like your play with Buffalo. You got the revenge factor. You got Buffalo's defense against Tua, who's clearly struggling against respectable defense. And the Chargers, frankly, aren't even that respectable of a defense. They just schemed properly against them, right? I mean, they limited them from going to the middle of the field. And now that blueprint is out for actually a good defense that's already seen them one time. So, yeah, I, I love that angle to teasing down Buffalo. Uh, you talked about the Bears and the Eagles. I think if I were to play it, I would take the points too, Matt. And I'm sure this will be a popular teaser leg. But there is also a recipe for at least keeping it close with Philadelphia. And I wrote this one up for VEASAN. And that's running the ball, right? You saw it happen with the Texans. They covered, even though they lost by double digits, they're considered the worst team in the NFL. Damian Pierce had a great effort, over 100 rushing yards, and they kept it close. The Commanders ran the ball like over 30 times, and they won the game outright. And the Cowboys with Cooper Rush, they were running the ball a decent amount. And I can't recall who the other teams were, but or the Packers, you know, with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, you run the ball. That's the weakest part of this Philadelphia team entirely. They rank bottom tier in DVOA against a the run. They're allowing over four and a half yards per rush attempt. But what do the Bears do? Run the ball in insane amount. They run the most in the NFL. Even though Khalil Herbert's out, you still got David Montgomery. And, of course, you have the mobility of Justin Fields and, like you said, off the bye week. So, look, Philadelphia is going to be able to score. The Bears' defense is a train wreck right now. Uh, it is going to be a windier day. It's going to be like 12 or so miles per hour. So it's a little concerning, meaning that, hey, that could benefit the Bears even more. So that's kind of them forcing to run the ball. And Philly may not have as much success in the air. So I get that look toward Chicago as well. Um, the game that I, I get, I haven't really gotten too crazy about things, Matt, but I guess I just was curious your thoughts about the matchup with the Jets and the Lions now down to a pick em, And then if you had any thoughts with Cincy and Tampa Bay, because I know Tampa Bay has been a team that's that's torched you and has made my life aggravating as all hell as well. Um, <laughs> what do you think about those two games that I'm sure will receive a lot of betting attention? Yeah, don't let any team try to make your life as aggravating as all hell. But, yeah, the, the Buccaneers, I went 4-1 and one in the circuit contest last week. and I, I, was, I didn't feel good about it because I was so embarrassed that I actually played the Buccaneers plus 3.5. What a, what, a, what a joke. Buccaneers are 1-9-1 one, and one against the spread in their past 11. I think 3-9-1 for the season, the worst spread team in the NFL. Uh, if I had not been burned by Tampa Bay a couple times recently, I'd probably pay the, play the Bucks plus three and a half again this week. But uh, I don't think I'm going to do it. it. It looks like a dead team, really. It, it's a bad team in terms of coaching, defense, offense, and special teams. Can you find one positive, Danny? Can you find – I don't think Tom Brady's playing that poorly. you got some receivers out there that look like they should be big play receivers who are not making any big plays. When the Bucks did make one big play last week, that was uh, Brady to Evans on that long touchdown pass. It got called back because Donovan Smith was holding uh, the left tackle. So the Bucks can't do anything right. And I, I got to question their motivation. I know they are in the driver's seat still to win the NFC South, but it kind of looks to me like a team that doesn't give a damn uh, right now. So, and, you know, Todd Bowles isn't going to, inspire anybody Todd Bowles I don't think can inspire a cat to chase a mouse so <laughs> I'm not sure I can play the Buccaneers again this week 
Um, as far as the, I kind of like the Lions. They're hot. They're five and one. They believe. They finally believe they can win on the road. They believe they can close games. And with Mike White banged up and uh, Zach Wilson as the number two, don't you kind of feel like the Jets might be limping to the finish line here? I know that the look-ahead line, I believe, was Jets minus three, and now it's a pick'em, so you're not getting a bargain in terms of that. But sometimes you have to look past that because I think the Lions are in better shape physically and. Uh, also look like uh, a team that's full of confidence. For the first time in a long time, the Detroit Lions are uh, looking like a playoff team, Danny. They're 5-1 and one in the past six games. And uh, I would either play on the Lions or pass, I think. Yeah, man, I hear you. I mean, this offense has been unstoppable over 30 points per game over the course of their last five spots. And as good as the Jets' defense is, yeah, that'll limit Detroit from time to time. Uh, can Mike White consistently take advantage of the bad Detroit defense? It's just a complete opposite ends of the spectrum all over the place in that game. And we did see New York open its three-point favorites. Now it's down to a pick em. So, uh, man, that one's going to be all over the place, I'm sure. But I get your reasoning toward leaning with Detroit. But, man, it should be uh, an eventful weekend. Like you said, thankfully we have some action on Saturday. Uh, some good spots on Sunday. A lot of playoff implications on the line here. Uh, now that I think about it, that kind of just brought me up. So, you know, Matt, I was talking about this Washington Commanders win total a couple weeks ago, and I wanted to bet the under, but I was waiting to see if the Giants would have ended up beating them. And, of course, it ended at a tie. So that didn't help out my case for when I was waiting to bet it. And they had the bye week. Now they had time to prepare for a team that they played right before the bye week, the New York Giants. You would think that would give a big advantage to Washington, and the betting market certainly thinks so, is now Washington is a five-point favorite after not taking advantage in overtime. It, it, five's kind of in this ugly spot, but I don't know, Matt. I, I find it hard to trust the Giants now, and not only because they just got smacked last week against the Eagles. I mean, you've mentioned it before. They're a banged-up team left and right, and Daniel Jones is limited, as we know, and Saquon's kind of taken a step back, and defensively, it, it's just been a nightmare. Yeah, that's one thing. I, I said I'm embarrassed by backing the Bucks, but I was proud of myself for staying away from the Giants last week because there was a lot of Sharps who liked the Giants. Got to take the seven, especially if it goes to seven and a half, you got to take it. I didn't bite. <laughs> I didn't bite on that one, Danny, because uh, I've been watching the Giants closely and they're so banged up. Uh, that's a team that's definitely stumbling to the finish line, hoping to squeak into the play playoffs. I think the Giants are dead. Uh, they don't have much left in the tank, so... Um, I'm not going to look to play him this week either. I think, uh, I, as much as I hate to say it, I think Washington's probably the right side. And I, I hate to say that because you, you sound like an idiot if you uh, recommend playing more than a field goal with the Washington Commanders. So I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to lay the points, but I definitely don't want to take him with the Giants. Let's put it that way. I just, I don't see many positives right now. And uh, Brian Dable's done a great job this season, but you get to the point where you you don't have any playmaker, playmakers or wide receiver, and uh, your offensive line's beat up, and there's not much you can do as a coach at this point. And we just saw the Eagles did whatever they wanted to do against that Giants defense a week ago, so I'm going to have to pass on that one. Well, I'm right there with you, Matt, because, uh, yeah, five's in that awkward spot, and uh, you could play it with some other teams. Like, I did it with the Bengals last week. I have a tad bit more confidence in Cincinnati yeah. than I do yeah. with the Commanders. 
in a division game like that. So uh, I'm right there with you. He is Matt Humans, folks, at Matt Humans 247 where you can follow him on Twitter, myself, at DannyBurke5. Uh, Matt, like he said, half unit taking the three in the hook with Seattle. The other half unit going on the under 43 in the hook. He's going to have plenty more action for you leading into Saturday and Sunday, so make sure you check him out Friday nights on VEASAN and Saturday nights for college football action and, of course, throughout the National Football League. But best of luck to everybody out there. Make sure you also tune into Prop Watch for my top props for Thursday night and then tomorrow's episode as well, consisting of all the action this weekend. Mike Palm and I diving into that like we do every single week. But once again, Matt, best of luck to you. Thank you for the time. Best of luck to everybody out there. Enjoy the game and take care. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s, dance away with hip hop beats, and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 